and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. Uh, How you doing, Kat? I'm doing really well. We've been um, wild swimming all day today. We went down to uh, the river and the sun was shining and we had some rosé and we've been swimming in the river all day. It's a bit of like normal life, isn't it? A little bit. I mean, I'll probably get impetigo from whatever <laughs> is in the Thames. I mean, we're not in the we're not in the city Thames. Obviously, we're like way out in the country. And even so, I mean, God only knows what's in that river. Who knows what those swans are putting in there? Oh. Anyway, <laughs> we'll soon find out. Catch me next week and see uh, see if I've come up in some sort of rash. <laughs> maybe there's Corona in the uh, in the river. Oh, maybe. Oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm I mean, probably pretty sure not. I've got the antibodies. I'm fine. There you go. Are they doing a lot of antibody testing in the UK? Do you know what? I have absolutely no fucking <laughs> clue what our government is doing. I mean, they say they're testing, but I don't know anybody who's been tested. They say they're track and tracing, but I don't know anybody who's downloaded the app or who frankly gives a shit right now because this guy, Dominic Cummings, who broke all the rules is still in office. So I think we're all feeling a bit bit like, fuck you. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. Here, we know a couple of people who have had the antibody testing and they've come up negative. Um, It's mostly like husbands of health workers who've had the test. Um, There are quite a few hospitals doing it, but every time I check, the waiting list is completely full. So, you know... Who knows? Who Who the fuck um, knows? Yeah. We're we're starting to lift some things here. So from Monday, we're going to be able to hang out with six people. Like you can have gatherings of six people from two different households. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But we're just being sensible. We're social distancing. We're doing what we can. If we, you know, bump into a friend in the park, that's fine. We just hang out for a bit and don't snog them. Nice. That's probably a good good rule to stand by. No snogging randos in the park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or be even people you know, maybe not so much randos. Here it's really different because it's up to every state, and every state is so different population-wise and major city-wise. So um, I'm originally from Texas, as you guys I'm sure I've mentioned before, um, and they're pretty open. Like gyms are opening back up, restaurants are opening up, people are swimming, people are kind of living their normal lives. Here in Colorado, gyms are still closed. Uh, I think some restaurants are going to start opening, um, but we all have to wear masks. It, it's kind of still the same. So yeah, we'll Who see. Knows? I mean, you know, there's not much that we can do about it, is there? No, to, I know we're over it. We're embarking on a lot of DIY projects. Yeah, we're just um, doing anyway, a bunch of stuff to the house. Coronavirus aside, uh, yes, we are here to do just three shows again. Uh, yeah, we're here for Below Deck Sailing. We're here for Beverly Hills and New York Housewives franchise stuff. Um, and. You were saying there's kind of a theme this week. There is, and I think it's all about judgy friends, at least with the housewives. Leaving yeah. out BDSY from that, it's it's all about judgy McJudgersons this week. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into that. But let's first of all fit, get yeah. on with the season finale for Bado 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 Sex. Bado sexy ailing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to blame that on the rosé, but I really only had one and a half glasses. So I think it's just me being tired and stupid. Below deck sailing yacht. 
there you go, where uh, we kind of open up with there were no drugs found on the boat. It's a bit awkward, wasn't it? It is a bit awkward. (laughs) However, I've never wanted somebody to find drugs more. I know, with like that huge buildup. You need you need to like produce some results like after you've had this conversation with the primary and you've had all these conversations with people on board and then it's a bit like wah wah wah. Well, but also I don't know if I imagined this, but I remember right at the beginning of the season there was a trailer for an upcoming episode and it definitely talked about drugs and I'm sure that I saw bags of drugs coming out of. A bag. So I was like all ready for him to find them. Maybe I have dreamt this whole like trailer that happened right at the beginning of the, the season. I feel like there definitely was a trailer about the drugs. I don't remember the baggies, but that doesn't mean shit. It wasn't because there. that was a long time ago. But I think in our little pre-production chat that we always have, like we were both talking about if if you were gonna be ballsy enough to like take drugs in international waters and flights and things like that, you're probably a fucking master at hiding it. Yeah, it's probably not just gonna be in your wash bag. Like I saw him going through like every pocket of the suitcase, you know, even opening up his pill, but you know, he's not gonna hide his drugs there. There's gonna be some very secret hidden compartment or he's gonna have, I mean, they didn't look under a mattress. They could have been under a mattress. It could have been anywhere. I felt that that search was lacking a bit in in like DEA style searches, like, yeah. you know, cops yeah, don't just too. look through your bag. When they go into your house, they fucking rip everything apart. Yeah. And also, to be fair, he probably just did all the drugs that night. Yeah. I mean, he just brought enough to have like a blowout evening yeah. on the boat. So yeah. that's, I Either think, way. where we stand. Either way, he de- as far as I'm concerned, he was definitely on something. Yeah. I, I would agree sure. with that. Yeah. Um, And then we have Jenna sort of finishing up and... She, I think finally, I love this scene between her and Georgia and Madison because obviously Madison's the one throughout the whole season who's kind of snapped back at at Jenna. Not in a very productive way, but you can see it's been born from frustration because of Jenna's management. And I love that at the very last minute, Georgia suddenly finds her balls. And when Jenna's going, oh, you know, I've been frustrated. There's lots of, you know, there's a lot of joking and piss taking on the boat and I'm okay with that. And Georgia's like, well, is that because you're the one doing the bullying? I was just like, thank God, Georgia, you've stood up. She's timed it perfectly right at the end. She's got nothing left to lose. She throws it at Jenna. And I felt for the first time that Jenna, it actually cut her a little. I feel like she actually felt like, fuck, did I really go too far? Well, I think that's the way it is, right? Like when the quiet person finally calls you on your shit, it makes people stop and listen, right? Because she hasn't been bitching about it through the whole season. Madison has, so she doesn't have time to really listen to Madison anymore. But it's when that quiet person is finally like, you know what, you've kind of been a fucking asshole. Yeah. That really, I think, makes people stop and listen. So I think yeah, that's the one, kind of what happened. The one who you think you've got in your corner, and then all of a sudden at the end, she's like, you know what, while we're here... You were a bully. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? Would you say that Jenna was a bully? Would you say that she was just kind of a shit manager? I think she was kind of a shit manager, to be really honest. I don't think her eye was on the ball for the entire season. I think she's got it in her to be way better, and I'm sure she is way better. Um, I think with cameras and romance and all that stuff, I think that's a lot to kind of yeah. 
take on. And I think she was distracted the whole season. So I think she said some things that weren't quite right. I don't know if I would consider her a bully as maybe more just negligent. Yeah. And I and think kind she's- of an asshole. But there's a, you know, I, I think she had asshole moments and asshole tendencies. I, I, I do think the use of the word bully is one that we sh- that should be taken really consciously. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if it applied to her at all times. I think occasionally she displayed kind of bullying behavior, when, especially when her and Adam would like join up and kind of talk about people. I felt like that was really unkind. But in terms of her management, I just thought she was kind of an asshole. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I don't think she was being malicious. I think in these last two episodes since she has been called out by Glenn, she's taken it to maybe closer to the bullying line, like kind of nitpicky bullshit. But she's doing that because she's hurt. Like that's a defense mechanism for her. So I don't think I would call her a bully, but I definitely think she's displayed some asshole tendencies. Yeah. I mean, you know, neither of them are great sort of recommendations, but I'd rather have (laughs) asshole tendencies than bully. I mean, I definitely do have asshole tendencies, to be fair. I think we all do. <laughs> um, the other thing is Paget gets Ciara a Leatherman for her birthday, which, like, bless her. She really pretends to like it. And I actually think that she does like it. But I also think that she sort of... I forget the feeling that she wishes that Paget had also just done something a little bit more romantic something a bit less useful. You never want to get for your birthday something that you need. No, it can always be like part of the present, but then you need also a present to remind everybody that you are important to them and it's romantic and a little bit sexy. Like you need to have that boyfriend-girlfriend moment in the presence as well. Like Leatherman's great, but there needed to be a little bit more like, oh, and I've also booked this fabulous hotel for us for the next few days just to reconnect or... Because I think that's really hard. When you work together, you get so enmeshed in this like work relationship that you need to be reminded that the other person still loves you, maybe especially after they've been flirting with other people on the boat. Well, this is the thing. I wanted Paget to do a big kind of, not a massive one, but some sort of declaration of romantic love for Sierra because it has been an awkward threesome. And whatever Paget says... Um, There are definitely feelings going in both directions there. Totally. And Sierra and 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 Georgia obviously decides to to talk to Sierra at the time. And I obviously, obviously I'm not very smart this week, but I was like, why is she saying this to what's the point? Just get off the boat, walk away, pretend it never happened. And then you said They're being filmed. So obviously she's going to see all of these kind of deeply personal confessionals. She's going to see moments between Paget and Georgia that she hadn't been aware of on the boat when they've just been alone. So I actually think it was really smart of Georgia to be like, hey, we need to have a word. Kind of as a heads up, like when you watch the series, you're going to see this shit. And I just want you to know where it's coming from and know that like nothing was ever acted on or whatever. But I think Georgia was having a cover my ass moment because I think she kind of finally realized like, oh shit, this is all going to be on TV. That's kind of just my opinion. I mean, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I'm embarrassed that it didn't even (laughs) occur to me. It didn't occur to me not once. I was like, I don't understand. Why is she bringing it up? Just shut up. Get off the boat. Leave. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, there's cameras, we've all seen it. Um, And then, obviously, she decides to tell Paget too. Now, at this point, 
I'm not sure about her motives because she's already told Sierra she's covered her ass, like she's done the right thing. At this point, I feel a bit like, what are your motives in telling Padgett? Are you hoping that he turns around and says, oh my God, I feel the same way too? Or are you just, like, what are you going to get out of it, Georgia? I think she was hoping that he would say, you know, I have feelings too, but I'm in a relationship, like, you know, but I'm in a relationship and whatnot. Just some acknowledgement that the flirting was definitely going both ways and that there were feelings behind the flirtation. Because I truly believe there are. Like, I'm not saying that Padgett was, you know, going to break up with Sierra and run away with Georgia. But I do think that he had some real feelings behind those relations, behind kind of the flirtation between the two of them. And I think she was hoping to hear that. Yeah. And I, and I think, sorry to interrupt, I was going to say, no, I think okay. actually Paget probably did the right thing. Like the right thing, if you want to stay with your girlfriend and, and is, is to just not even stoke that fire a little bit. So in this instance, I, th- I feel like a slight dishonesty is probably for the greater good. I would agree with that. However, I think he was having second thoughts. And when we see him kind of go to the restroom after her, and I think he was going to say something. He was totally going to say something. And then he was like, shit, this is probably on film, or he just lost his nerve, or whatever. I have to say, I was super impressed with Paget and the way he handled it, because sober on the boat he was like no I'm not going to say it I'm going to deny till I die and that's the right thing to do fair enough and then he gets a ton of booze in him at which point I if I'd been Paget and fancy the pants of Georgia I would have walked into that bathroom like shut the door and probably been very naughty because I have yeah. the willpower of you know something without very much willpower um, <laughs> but he even drunk he gets close to it and even then has the restraint. I mean, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. Like, I 100% agree with you. I think if I was just in, like, a dating relationship, I would have no willpower. I, I have a willpower of, like, a toddler, right? Like, yeah. all, e- all id, all ego, yeah. I would have just gone for it. Um, Me too. But, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a good, decent dude, and I think while there were probably feelings there, I don't think maybe the feelings weren't strong enough for him to kind of jeopardize his relationship with the CR, which has obviously lasted through a lot of charters. And this may not be anything new for them. No. I mean, you, it, this may well have happened before. Um, you know, then then it's basically, it, it's time for them all to leave the boat. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was kind of a nice, like, leaving as well. Uh, I don't think anybody was too bitter over the bullshit. And uh, we see Jenna and Adam planning a road trip together in the green van, which I think they did. I feel like I've seen pictures of that road trip on Instagram. Yeah, I agree. And I think as well, we, we see them at the end of the show. They do. They have footage from the van, don't they? The two of them. Yeah. Um, And the thing with this couple is that I truly, truly feel like they have found love. I just wish it didn't bring out, certainly on the boat in that environment, such an ugly side of them. Absolutely. I feel like they're perfect for each other. Like I was telling you, I feel like they keep each other off the streets. Like their personal dysfunctions fit so closely together that they can yeah. understand each other and they can work through it. Whereas I think if either one of them were with other people, they'd be just driving them fucking mad. Yeah, no, um, you're right. It was like, we talked about it. It's like, thank God they found each other. Like, they're the people that need to 
keep those two together. Do you know what I mean? It needs to be yeah. those two together um, because nobody else could put up with either one of their bullshit, but they work. And for that, I applaud them. And um, I sort of thought that they'd broken up, but then I think maybe they haven't. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, maybe they'll talk about it on the reunion because they are doing a reunion for the show. So we'll have a mini-sode from that coming soon-ish. Um, I think it's that. next Wednesday or next Monday, I think is when it airs. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It will be. So that's it for Below Deck Sailing Yacht, the first season. I really hope they do bring it back. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and then next week, obviously, we'll be starting with Below Deck Med. Oh, I'm so excited. I I'm love so Captain excited. Sandy. I love Hannah. I love the dynamic. I can't wait to see what like a female-run ship looks like and the issues that come from that. I think it's definitely a nice flip side to the last Below Deck that we saw. Um, I agree with you about Below Deck Sailing Yacht. I loved the boat. I loved watching like the sails come up. I just thought it was a really cool new thing that we haven't seen yet. So hopefully it comes back. I agree. There was a real romance to it, you know? It was just, it was really sexy to watch. Oh, um, yeah. We were talking about it at the river today, and I was like, you know, motor, motor obviously we were doing if you had a gazillion pounds. Yeah. Um, and we all agreed that the sailing yacht would be the one that we'd do. Well, because I think you get the best of both worlds, right? Yeah. Like, you can motor around all you like if there's no wind, but, like, when there is wind, you can, like, pop oh up and God. just chill. I know there's a, there's, like, a cruise in the med with a sailing cruise boat it's called like the Windstar. my mom and um, stepfather did it one time that was like their one cruise that they did together and I'm usually very anti-cruise like I have no desire to go on a massive cruise ship they're a big thing here in the U.S. and I think they're gross but a sailing cruise would maybe be one that I would think about doing maybe but only if we couldn't afford to Charter yeah. our own private sailing yacht. Totes. <laughs> um, private is obviously way better. <laughs> so, I'm such a champagne lifestyle lemonade budget kind of girl. <laughs> Shandy budget with some... Yeah. <laughs> Not even that, like budget pop budget. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, our second show of this week and we are still we still open up banging on a little bit about how close Kyle and Teddy are but really this is the episode where they all head off to Santa Barbara um and to be honest I didn't have high hopes for this I thought that no. this trip was going to be an absolute bust yeah and I think in that way maybe we're a little bit wrong like yeah. I think there are some good things coming out of it but this first uh episode was just really fucking awkward man like the I'm so tired of hearing about this threesome chat. Like, it's not that, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, Denise's kids don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't understand why we're still banging on about it. I'm, I'm starting to worry about this season of Beverly Hills. I'm starting to worry that there isn't going to be any real story, that we're going to have another Atlanta on our hands because God. we've had, what, five episodes of fucking Kyle and Teddy. Now we've Seven, got almost. Four episodes yeah. so far of the fucking threesome, the chat around the kids. And I am totally 100% on the side of the girls, not Denise. I have mixed feelings on this, but essentially it doesn't even to ma matter to me whether this was an adult um, dinner party or a kid's dinner party. The fact is, I don't think anything that was said was that awful 
that I wouldn't be comfortable having a conversation with a 15-year-old about it. And I think you can have conversations about threesomes and all of that stuff. Or you just say, do you know what, darling? It was grown-up chat. Absolutely. I think I err more on the side of the Lisa Rinna style. I mean, I can say this. I don't have teenagers yet. But I think I would err more on the side of Lisa Rinna when it comes to teenagers and sex because it's everybody has the internet. These kids are going to see things that we didn't see until college and we didn't really have the relationships maybe with our parents to talk about. I want my kids to talk to me about this stuff. I have boys. We're already starting to talk about consent and when you put your hands on people and things like that because that's how we roll. I think it would be, it's a much healthier way to talk about sex where your kids feel comfortable asking you about things and you can talk to them about it, especially teenage girls, especially teenage boys. I think there's so much misinformation because of like the porn industry out there that we need to have those real conversations and talk about the reality of sex and the complications of sex because they are hearing about it from their friends, especially at 15. Like the world has not changed. And nothing, and here's the thing, all of those things, blowjobs, this, that, and the other, none of that is shameful. It's not no. dirty. It's not awful. This is real sex chat. And we can pretend it doesn't happen, or we can sit down and have grown-up conversations with our children who are 15. Like, we're not talking about seven-year-olds. Yeah. We're talking about 15-year-olds. And even if my seven-year-old daughter was there, it would go over her head. Like, I think a lot of this stuff has to be put in context. And I said to you earlier, I said, I get why the girls are so frustrated. Because if this had been a party at Sutton's house, for example, and who's very much more prim and proper, very sort of Southern etiquette vibe, then I think they would be mortified if she was upset. They would be so sorry and apologetic. But this is Denise. This is, I bought my husband a happy ending, Denise. And she says, oh, well, I don't talk to my kids about that. Well, you do because... You're saying it on international television. And don't say, oh, we don't let them watch it. They're fucking watching it. Of course they are. It drives me mad. And I think that's why they feel judged, because it doesn't fit. There is something weird going on. Yeah, I don't like the story, like the story that, well, I don't talk about it in front of my kids. You're having private, in quotes, conversation on television, And it's like free television. Like, these kids are going to hear about it. They're going to see it. Even if they're not watching it, their friends are going to be watching it. I mean, come on. Of course, and they've got a Google alert on Denise Richards. You know, you know they're going to have a Google alert. So so every blog, the gazillion reality TV blogs, that when they watch it go, Denise Richards brought her husband a happy ending. I mean, they've seen that. They know this stuff. this, This prim and proper weird vibe plus the weird conspiracy shit that's happening with it there's something very very odd going on and it's and it's a really different side to Denise yeah and I wonder if it's because she knows the stuff with maybe Brandy's gonna come out so she's really trying to like lock down her story um, I don't really know, but I, I think you make a great point about Google. Like those kids are going to Google their dad. They're going to Google their yeah. mom. And I think Lisa made a really good point of that. Like your kids are going to see what you did. They're going to watch wild things of when Denise was younger and did the threesome in the movie. Like they are going to see all that. You need to be prepared to have real chat with them because you're going to lose all credibility with your kids. If you just try to blow it off, like it never happened. We don't live in a world where you can do that anymore. No, and also let's be grown up about this. Let's not get all 
shocked and horrified about threesomes and blowjobs. Let's normalize this. Let's stop making this some sort of crazy, weird, you know, deviation and just accept that actually this is part of a lot of people's very normal sex life. And it may be that your kids never do any of those things, but we can at least have a grown-up conversation with our teenage children about this stuff. I really believe that. Well, I think you have to, right? Like, yeah. especially in the age where porn is so easily accessible, like you have to be able to have these conversations. I think it's healthier to have these conversations and it de-shames sex and sexuality because I don't think any of us really want our kids growing up with shame around sex and sexuality. It does so much fucking damage. Like, no, we have it. to de-shame it. It's not the fucking 40s. And that's what Denise is doing. She's making it feel shameful. She's making it feel naughty and illicit. And it's bollocks because that's not actually what she believes. I don't think she believes that. I think you're right. I think she's heavily influenced by the upcoming storyline of Denise. And she's really trying to lock in this morality level so that, you know, we can all sort of look at her and go, well, she's obviously made a mistake and she's actually a really moral, prim, proper person. When actually, I don't, I mean, obviously I care. Yeah, yeah. I don't. If she wants to have an affair with Brandy Glanville, have a fucking affair with Brandy Glanville. Yeah. I don't care if it's a boy, a girl, whoever you want to, whoever, whatever gets your rocks off, do it. There's no well, judgment I, here. It doesn't no, make and I you, think, I was going to say, sorry, just a bit. Yeah. The affair doesn't, the affair makes you kind of, that's the moral question. The fact that it's with Brandy Glanville, there's no moral I- issue there for me at all. No, it's just the fact that it was an affair. And I think that's where the girls are coming from. Like, this is landing so weird because this is not who we know. Like, who the fuck are you? You're like Denise in disguise. And we don't don't know this person. And it's weird. I 100% agree. And I think that we saw last season a really fun, down-to-earth Denise that kind of really grounded the group. It felt like she brought a lot, a sort of a, a little vein of real life to it, which is weird because it's Denise Richard. Um, but now we're seeing this new one. And I think it's Kyle that says it. It's like, which one's the real Denise? Like actually yeah. maybe, maybe this crazy bitch is the real Denise. Yeah, and that would I be think, a shame. I think Kyle calls her the boring Denise, right? Like we wanted fun Denise to show up and it's just boring Denise. And this is not fun. No, no. Um, it's getting tedious, but I mean, to be honest, I was glad it wasn't another episode all about how much Kyle liked Teddy or didn't. That yeah. was refreshing. Um, and I do think it's going to start spicing up because honestly, once the Brandy Glanville shit kicks in, yeah. <laughs> that's all we're here for really, isn't it, this season? I think that's waiting all, for. it's the only reason we're all still watching, right? Like we don't really give a shit who's closer friends. Like that doesn't really bother any of us like just fucking own up to it and be done with it and then we can all be done with the storyline because it's fucking boring and it's it childish is. um we're here for the affair shit so bring it on but i think we still have like another three episodes to go because this was episode seven i think andy's alluded to it coming out in episode 10 yeah so we'll or brandy see. glanville appears in episode 10 so uh, it may be the rumblings of it come out a little bit right. sooner but Brandy doesn't turn up till episode 10. I mean, all I hope is that this, this, this storyline does bring some real juice to the, to the show. Because if we have another six months of this, I can't, yeah. I can't cope. No, no. Especially off Atlanta. the tale of Atlanta. I'm going to have to have a word. Yeah. Um, then let's go talk about some East Coast crazy housewives. Yes, on their trip to Newport, Rhode Island. Which looks lovely, by the way. It does look lovely. I've never been to Rhode Island. Um, I've always kind of honestly written it off as kind of a state. Like, it's just one of the small ones on the East Coast. It 
kind of if it's not New York, not really that interested. Or Boston. Boston's pretty cool, but <laughs> but it looked lovely. But it looks it very like I think it's kind of like the Hamptons in just a different yeah. state. Well, I think it, it, I think the Castle Hill Inn is on one of my lists of places to go with Reagan to eat oysters and drink rosé wine. Done. I am okay. there. When flight restrictions are lifted, <laughs> let's do it. We're on. Um, so we start off, they're obviously meeting up with the trip. They're all leaving. Um, just a little side note before we get into the meat and bones of it. I really feel like Luan is just being, and I'm, I, I want to say the C-U-N-T word, but I don't know if I've yeah. said it before. I'm sure I, I have. I think you have. It's She's fine. being kind of a cunt right now. Yeah. I, I like, think a super smug cunt. Yeah, and Tinsley turns up with her pillow, and she's like, oh, he's such a child. And I honestly remember hearing that and, like, double-taking, because it was so viciously delivered. But then she follows it up with that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dark countess deep. <laughs> I've smoked 70,000 cigarettes, Luan. Cackle. Um, as if she's going, oh, it's just a joke. It's like, no, you've just been really fucking mean. And why? Like, who the fuck cares if she brings her own goddamn pillow? Like, who the fuck cares? Like, this is just what I want to tell everybody. Who the fuck cares? Get over this petty bullshit. She cares. And just move on. I know. If you care, you don't have enough fucking shit going on in your life. I get it. And and honestly, Luann, she really should be, like, this, the whole two years, the last two years of her life have been an exercise in humility. And I feel like not one lesson has been learned. There's no, no humility with her at all, is there? No, I feel like the minute probation was lifted, she's like, peace out, bitches. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like total clean slate. Like, the two years have not mattered. I, like, I, uh, I was hoping I, for a difference, like a less judgy, kind of cool Luann, because I think we've seen glimpses of cool Luann throughout the years, like just the chill out, like everybody do what they want. It's not a big deal. And now she's just like super judgy and mean and it's I, not cute. It's not cute. And I wonder if it's just a case of like an insecurity. She's figuring out who she is and what she can do and what she can't do. And, and I, you know, maybe there's some shit going on, but even so you don't need to be that shamefacedly mean to somebody. Well, especially when you've been calling out Dorinda for doing the exact same thing. Like, Luann's been very vocal about how she doesn't agree with the way Dorinda had been treating Tinsley and, like, that she's been very mean to her and very degrading and that she's not on board with it. But she's doing the exact fucking same thing over a pillow. I know. I think she's just got a real case of the wanting to be liked and trying to be the cool girl and get back in with the crowd. And I think um, she's standing on Tinsley's shoulders to do it, and it's just not okay. No, it's it's not it's not a good look. Um, but then on the way, they're all on their merry little way to Newport, and Leah asks a little bit of a backstory because we understand that Leah's had some troubles with the Pitta, the Pitta King or whatever she calls. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, and obviously just before they leave, they've had a bit of a fight. He's now kind of avoiding her and she's showing him his craze. And so she's not necessarily in a great headspace. No, no. I think she's probably in a bad place. Yeah. And then on the bus, she decides to ask Ramona if her sister can come. And Ramona's a bit shocked and kind of initially is like, well, no, it's kind of our group. 
And Leah then lays into her and tells her she's being unkind and she's being mean. What's your take on this? Because I, I'm siding a little bit with Ramona here. I agree with you. I feel like if Leah had asked like a couple weeks ago, like when the trip was first brought up, like, oh, you know what? It'd be really great. My sister just had this baby. She could really use a girl's weekend away. Would you guys mind if she came? I think if she brought it up that way a couple weeks ago, actually, they'd all be fine. But I think when you're in the van on the way there, it's an awkward time to ask because if I was Ramona, I would think, oh shit, she's already told her sister that this is what's going to be happening. And be like, I just thought it was going to be our group. Like, I'm not really prepared to kind of add another personality to the mix. So I agree with Ramona at first. Yeah. I think, And I disagree, just before you go, yeah, I yeah, know yeah, what yeah. you're going go to say, but before yeah. that, I think, all right, it's a little bit ballsy for Leah to ask, but when she asks and Ramona says no, then I think you shake your head and you go, okay, great, no problem, I just thought I'd ask. Absolutely. That's because not if what you, happens. No, because if you don't ask, you don't get, right? Like, right? So it's always, always ask. But when someone gives you an answer, be cool with the answer. Yeah, suck it up. And that's not what fucking happened. No, no. And, and this is why I feel like Ramona kind of secedes to her. Like, she's like, you know, please, please, you're being mean. Why can't I bring my sister? She's really cool. Stop being so mean. Oh, I thought we were all friends. We're inclusive. So Ramona, I get it under pressure, says, okay, she can come. She acquiesces. But then she says, oh, actually, no, she can't come. And then she says, oh, actually, yes, she can come. And then at dinner, she decides to tell her again that she can't come. Now, Ramona, I can forgive you one slip. Right. You've got to fucking make a decision. (laughs) That's the entire problem. Like, it's such a childish fucking back and forth that it just becomes utterly ridiculous. And Leah's pissed by this time. Like, she's fucking hammered. Not the right time to bring it up again, which Ramona fucking knows. But she does it anyways. And... It just turns into a really fucking hot mess of an evening. I mean, it's a hot mess before we even get to the final rescinding of the invitation um, because Leah really is on a bender. Like, she's committing to this no matter how it ends. She's like Thelma and fucking Louise with the bottle. Do you know what I mean? She's like, we're just going to fucking drive, we're going to drink until, and we're just going to see what the fuck happens. We're jumping off the drunk cliff, and (laughs) we'll just deal with it in the morning. Um... Yeah, which, but I will have to say, this moment for me in the show was really, like, uplifting f- towards Dorinda. Like, Dorinda, who's been really fucking mean to everybody, and she's just like, fucking go for it. Have a great time. It'll all be fine, because we're on a girl's trip, and sometimes this happens. Yeah, I agree. And some t- here's the thing. I don't think she's behaving, I don't think Leah's behaving brilliantly, because it's all, it's all very well getting off your tits and having a great time with your girlfriends. But when you're the only one doing it, then that's kind of an issue. There needs to be a balance of drunkenness, you know? Yeah, you got to have, like, another drunken girlfriend. Yeah, At least you one. You, at least one. And I think that, that Leah is going a bit off the deep end. I do, I am starting to get the impression that when Leah drinks, she is kind of mental, no matter what the situation. I think it, it's an all-or-nothing situation, right? Like, either she's not drinking or she's fucking hammered. Like, I don't think there's an in-between for her, at least from what we've seen. Um, 
Yeah, that that's kind of my take on it. Like she's either zero or a hundred. She is, but you're right. I think this is a moment of redemption for Dorinda. I think she is kind to Leah in a way that she isn't. Then, of course, Tinsley tries to speak to her. It's kind of overshadowed by the drunken craziness. <laughs> and I really feel like Tinsley's trying to reach out to Dorinda. She's sort of taking advantage of the moment. And Dorinda's still not really having very much of it. She's like, she kind of accepts it. But then in her interview, she's like, oh, just go away. Well, I think I think the problem is Tinsley is trying too fucking hard. And she's being a bit of an ass kisser, too. Like... You're, you're kind of letting Dorinda off the hook for being a dick to you, and that's not Dorinda's personality. Like, you need to come at her and be like, you're being a real cunt. Cut it yeah. out. I'm yeah. not fucking having it. I'd love to be your friend, but as long as you're being a dick, it's not happening. Yeah, but Tinsley's so desperately, she has such a desperation yeah. to be liked that she's willing to throw all of that under the bus, like under the carpet, sorry, so that she can just, so that, but what she doesn't realize is that in doing that, Dorinda's losing respect for her minute by minute. Totally. I mean, I can kind of identify with Dorinda. Like, I am the type of person where if I've hurt your feelings, you need to just come, like, call me out on my shit and be like, you're being a dick. Stop it. Not like, oh, like, can we please be friends? Like, because I, I, again, I don't have respect for that either because I'm not that type of person. Like, yeah. I, if you're a dick to me, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to call you out on it. So that's how I need people to kind of deal with my personality, which is my issue. I mean, I'm getting better at it as I get older, but... At the same time, I don't respect people who don't stand up for themselves. And it's just like, you need to have some balls and, you know, really value yourself. And I feel like Dorinda sees Tinsley not valuing herself. And I think that really bothers Dorinda. I think yeah. it triggers Dorinda. And I and I don't think it's just with her interaction with Dorinda. I think it's the Tinsley and Scott thing. I think it's the Tinsley and everybody thing. Tinsley and her mom. I think all of that is very triggering for Dorinda because it's Tinsley not standing up for herself in any of those situations. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think throughout this whole thing, this has come sort of from a place of love for Dorinda. Like, I think she's really just wants Tinsley to be stronger, be better, value herself more. Um I think her delivery has sucked at 100%. every single opportunity. <laughs> um, and, and, in, and that has undermined her entire message. And I don't think, no matter how much love there was behind the message, I think the way that she treated her at the orchard was absolutely abhorrent. And I wouldn't... Tinsley needs to make her accountable yeah. for that. Um, but I do think it's coming from love. But Tinsley just can't see it. She just can't understand where this is coming from. And I think until she does, this is always going to be, they're just going to be at an impasse. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's the same way. I think that's why Luann kind of jumps on the bandwagon about the pillow and kind of like knocks her down a bit as well. It's like if if you allow those behaviors to continue and not stand up for yourself, everybody's going to fucking jump on board. And like, you got to put an end to that. And I think that the weird thing is, is, I think Tinsley is strong. I think she can put a fucking end to it. And I think you're right. I think Dorinda's delivery has really sucked. I think if Dorinda really just sat down with her and be like, look, all these conflicts in your life where I'm coming from, I see people taking advantage of you and I see you not being strong. You need to, you know, stand up for yourself, including me. Call me Mm. out on my shit when I'm being an asshole because that's what people need to see from you. I don't know. I, I feel like if that delivery was there, then they'd be able to mend this really fucking easily. But I just, you know... I don't know. Well, I think the problem as well is that now the the only time Dorinda and Tinsley are getting together are when they're hammered. So that never yeah. helps. That never helps <laughs> no. the situation. <laughs> they um, need to have like a nice sober lunch. 
So the other thing, the final thing I think in this one is the kind of Ramona Leah relationship, because we've seen this kind of mother daughter bond emerge between them. And here in this season, in this episode, we see it start to disintegrate a little bit. Do you think this is the end for the Ramona Leah love affair? Or do you think this is just a bump in the road? I think it's a bump in the road, but I think as long as Ramona is stepping in trying to be her mom, this is the way Leah is going to react because this is the way Leah reacts to her own mom. Like it's this dynamic that triggers her, right? It's the mother-daughter relationship that she's struggling with with her own mom. So now when somebody else is trying to be the mom and being like, you know, the authoritative, the figure of authority, Leah's going to buck against it and fucking rage against the machine. I agree. I don't think it matters who is in that particular position. Eventually, Leah's going to lash out at it. And I think that's what we see. I do think um, Ramona is going to forgive. Like, I think they're going to they're going to yeah. mend this rift. But I think you're right. I don't know how long this pattern can continue before it becomes a real problem. Yeah, I think Ramona needs to take a step back and just be the friend and not yeah. be such a, like, try to be such a strong mothering figure because that's the dynamic that Leah kicks up against. And I think that's yeah. a totally normal thing, but it's not normal to do with your friends. Like, no. And, and Ramona's being a little judgy. Elise is being a little judgy. Elise oh, is being yeah. a lot judgy, actually. Mega judgy. I have, you know, I just think that that you need to come at this from kindness because Leah, we all know Leah's been through some shit. We all know that she's a single mom. I don't think if she's, like, as Dorinda says, the inn is still standing. It didn't burn down. Like, there's been no real damage done. Let's just move on. And I think coming from Ramona and Luann, you know, Luann going, well, you've never seen me behave like that. Mm, Well, I mean... (laughs) We Let's did, clips. on a number of occasions. <laughs> I mean, well, anyway, yeah. No, they've all done this shit. They do this shit every time they go out of town. Like, it's just kind of who they are. And that's fine. Like, girls' trips fucking get out of hand. And that's fine. It's blowing off steam. It's having a great time. You need to keep that perspective. I think it's super judgy for Elise to be like, ah, oh, like, you shouldn't be doing that. And, oh, are you really hungover? Like, I fucking hate when people do that. I it's do, like, too. fuck off. If you're not giving me a cheeseburger, you have nothing to say about my <laughs> Fuck off. Do you know the other thing I hate? When people are like, oh, you're not hungover? The other thing I hate is when you're sunba- sunbathing and people are like, oh, you're burning. I'm not fucking... Just, you know what? You let me manage my tanning and you yeah. manage your tanning. Leave me and my skin out of it. But these people right. come up and they touch you. Oh, you're going wet. Oh, I think you're burning. Oh, fuck off. You're not my mom. You're not that's my like mom. My gut re- that's my gut reaction. Like, you're not my mom. Fuck off. I can do what I want. <laughs> like, I'm a little Leah. <laughs> you, you're kind of a lot Leah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, just mind your business. I'm a grown Exactly. Up. Exactly. I can handle it. And if I get sunburned, it's my own damn fault, and I'll fucking deal with it too. And I won't complain about it. Like, there's two sides to that, right? Like, if you're going to take care of yourself, then you can't fucking complain about it the next day. Even Talk if I me. was fucking so hungover, my eyelashes hurt that next day, I would just get on with things and, like, have to, like, I'd just suck it up and, like, suck still do the, just get the on stuff that is planned. Like, Although you are a spewer occasionally on a hangover, so you'd have to suck it up and make sure you were near a loo. But that's fine. Yeah. Done it but I would never judge you. No. I would bring you a cheeseburger. Because that's what normal people do. They don't just fucking judge you and be mean to you. They bring you nice, salty, gross food that will help I have suck been up known the remnants. To order 17 hash browns 
from McDonald's on Uber Eats and have it delivered to our house. So we didn't even have to get out of bed. The kids answered the door and brought the food to me. <laughs> that's genius. I know. I have them well trained. Um, well, that's us for this week. Short, but very, very sweet. Yeah, and next week it will be equally as short. We'll still have The Real Housewives. We'll be gaining Below Deck Med, which we're super excited about. And then Million Dollar Listing LA comes out the 16th. So, again, I think that will bring us up to four shows. We'll be at yeah. four shows then. But um, it's a pretty easy, breezy time for us at the moment. So It is short but sweet. But, you know, as ever, we promised we'd still be here, and we will. And remember... Um, If there's any chance that you can spare a few pennies every single month just on Patreon, we'd be very, very grateful. I think it's £3 a month. We give you extra exclusive content. There'll be a new um, little mini-so dropping on June the 1st for the June content. Um, So every month you'll get something exciting. Um, And if you can, we'd be very, very grateful. That's patreon.com at slash TV my husband hates. That's white. That's white. That's that's white. Yikes. (laughs) That's so wrong. That's correct. (laughs) That's white, folks. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Anyways, remember, even though it doesn't sound like it, smart people watch reality TV, too. (laughs) Yes, yes, they really, really do. Not these two, but other smart people. But other smart people. (laughs) Have a good week, Listen, have a great week, and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.